like that. You want to try everybody, that. everybody, welcome to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. We have made it another week, so give yourselves a nice, firm round of applause. Oh, good job, everybody. But before we get into today's episode, let's go over the housekeeping items first. Make sure you follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And, of course, you're listening to right now, so make sure you're following the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is, Log- is Blackman Logan. Show's Instagram account is The Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search Logan Blackman Show. Make sure you subscribe and like on both. I would say check out some blog posts on the Logan Blackman Show social media page, but we will not have one up today, and we'll explain why here in a little bit. But most importantly, once again, make sure you are following and are subscribed to the Apple Podcast and Spotify accounts. If you're not sure if you are and you're listening to it right now, just close out of it, click subscribe, leave a rating out of five stars. doesn't need to be five stars. It'd be a one-star rating. I don't really care. Just leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do, and we'll try to be better, or we'll continue to do what we're doing. Whatever. Whatever your opinion is, we'll try to, we'll try to meet it. We'll try to, we are a show for the audience. We are the people's show. We are the best show you've never listened to. So this is like, we're doing this for you guys, okay? This is a big, a big deal. Now, I say that in the same breath that when I just said that Logan... Or uh, the people, I guess. <laughs> we are not record. We are not doing a uh, mock draft this week, and I'll tell you why. I struggled a little bit with this. I'm not gonna lie, and it wasn't that I struggled with it in regards to getting out reasoning. I was stuck on like three picks in the top ten that really were messing with my mind, and it or no, it was really only two, only two picks in the top ten, three in the top fifteen, two in the top ten, the rest fit. Easy. Got it all done. Got it all typed out. But then I kept looking back and I kept going back and forth. like, which way do I want to do this? Which way do I want to do this? And I'll tell you why right here. So we're looking at, let's just do a quick top 10 of the 2023 NFL draft. Top 10. And you'll understand my reasoning here in a little bit. So with the first overall pick, I think, I think the first two picks right now are relatively easy. Because the first two teams right now, and this is going to change sometime next week. Because we'll obviously have games on. We have games tonight. We have the the Rams taking on the car on the Raiders, which Baker Mayfield could play, and Baker Mayfield's wearing number seventeen, which is very odd. There's some Bills fans on Twitter that saying now he's finally he's trying to be like Josh Allen now, the quarterback that he shouldn't have been drafted over, but it looks odd. Seventeen is a, a weird number for Baker Mayfield, but uh, we're gonna have that game tonight. Then we got games on Sunday. We got games on Monday. So the draft order is going to change by the time the draft and the mock draft actually comes out. Because I want to do it before the bowl season. The bowl season starts next Friday. Okay, so we've got another week. So that kind of gave me a little bit of leeway here as well. I know it's a bad excuse, but we're trying here. We're trying. Or I guess we're not trying. I guess we're making excuses for it. But the top 10, again, it's the as of right now, as we sit here on this beautiful Thursday, this freezing cold Thursday, uh, the top two reads Houston Texans and Chicago Bears. I think right now it's Bryce Young and Will Anderson. I think if you look at the Texans, who... And I saw Sean Payton talk about this on Colin Coward. I think we brought this up before about the Texans possibly taking Will Anderson and taking like a receiver or a lineman in the with their second first round pick. So remember, they got two picks because they got their first pick for just being bad, and the second pick comes from the Cleveland Browns after the Sean Watson trade. So they got two first round picks, and unlike some other teams in the top ten, the team that traded the pick, the, there's the later pick. Like you look at teams like the the Seahawks and Lions, like their pick. Like, if you told me once the Lions traded Matt Stafford to the Rams, the Rams just won the Super Bowl, that going into this year, the Lions pick would be 15, as of right now, and the Rams pick would be 4. And as for the Seahawks, after trading Russell Wilson away, 
you would have told me the Seahawks had the third pick. I would have said, oh, that's the Seattle Seahawks' own pick. No, that's the Broncos' pick. The Seahawks' pick's at pick 20, which is just not how this season was supposed to go whatsoever. This season's just been freaking ridiculous. It's been an absolutely crazy season. The Eagles own the the New Orleans Saints' pick as well, number five. It's like, there's some teams that own quite a bit of picks in this draft. The Broncos got a first-round pick again because, remember, they traded Bradley Chubb to the, the Miami Dolphins. So they got the 24th or 25th pick in the draft as of right now. But number three is where we have some struggles. Okay, number three is where we have some struggles. And it it's not as cut and dry. Well, it's, I don't know. Here, let me try to explain this. So the third overall pick, Seattle. When you look at Seattle and what they've done, they're a really trait-oriented team. You look at a lot of the players they've had in their past, especially under Pete Carroll, they're trait-oriented. So you look at players like Miles Murphy from the Clemson Tigers. You look at Tyree Jack, Tyree, Tyree Jackson, not the Buffalo Bulls quarterback, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Two edge rushers, they're freak athletes, like both around 6'6", both around 280. Like they're absolute freaks of nature coming off the edge. And the Seahawks play a 3-4 defense. These two could either play as outside linebackers or they could line up in their hand in the dirt as a 3-4 defensive end. Like it could work. They could easily do it. Their length and athletic ability allows them to do that and their weight Imagine like 280, 275 pounds coming off the edge as an outside linebacker. It's ridiculous. But then the problem is, are those two players, though they feel more, I know they can be more versatile, I guess. Jalen Carter from Georgia is the better player. Okay? And if Jalen Carter gets passed on, I think a lot of people will be upset or people will be surprised out there. But it wouldn't be the first time that the number one overall player in the draft, according to a lot of people, and I'm not saying Jalen Carter is guaranteed to be the number one overall player. I saw Mel Kuyper had him as a number one. There's a lot of people that are starting to have Jalen Carter as their number one option. But being an interior defensive lineman, like you, okay, let's just put it like this. You look at the, the quote-unquote premier positions in the NFL. Like when you're looking at the draft, what are the top three positions in the NFL? The top three positions that you need, really, to have a successful team. Now, there's other variables that go along with this, but the main three ones are quarterback, left tackle, and edge rusher. Those are the three biggest components, the three most valuable positions in the NFL draft. Interior D lineman is not on there. It's the same thing that goes for interior off lineman. If you have a good one, then yeah, take him. You got like Quentin Nelson getting drafted sixth overall in 2018. Like you've got examples like that. And then you've got players like Jalen Carter who'll get drafted in the top, probably the top five this year, easily. But one that always sticks out to me is Leonard Williams. Remember, he fell to the Jets at six overall when he was supposed to be one of the top picks in the draft. I mean, six is still a top pick in the draft. And the out of the 200-plus picks in the NFL draft, getting drafted sixth overall ain't that bad, but there's a lot of money involved and a lot of money that's lost going from number one overall to number six overall. Though it doesn't seem like it, there is a, quite a bit of money that's lost in that. And the top-rated player in the draft doesn't always get drafted first overall because it doesn't follow positional needs of certain teams. Like, you look at the Seahawks, yes, their rush defense is bad. Jalen Carter could slide in as one of those 3-4 defensive ends as well. So maybe we see him like that. The rush defense for the Seahawks, I believe, second worst in the NFL. But they don't really have any presence getting after the quarterback. Jalen Carter could develop that. And he was arguably the most talented player on a Georgia defensive line that had, what, three players drafted in the first round last year? And just the defensive line alone? And that was Trayvon Walker going first. My, uh, Jordan Davis going to the, C, the, C, the, geez, the Eagles at, I think, 13. And then Devontae Wyatt going, like, I think, 29 to the Packers. You had three players from a defensive line get drafted in the first round. And not to mention, you had um, 
crap, I'm Quay Walker getting drafted, Lewis Seen getting drafted in the first round as well. I think there was one more that I'm completely blanking on right now. Was there one more? I can't remember. I cannot remember to save my life right now. And there's going to be other Georgia defenders getting drafted the first round this year. Carter and Keely Ringo, quarterback from also Georgia, obviously, will get drafted in the first round. Barring injuries, of course. Knock on wood, because I don't want either one of them to get hurt because they're both very, very talented, both probably the top of their position right now. Like, Keely Ringo has the distinct honor of intercepting both Hendon Hooker and Will Levis this year. You know, we'll get to Will Levis here in a little bit. But with the Seahawks, do you go after the the uber freak athletes, the six foot six, two hundred seventy five, two hundred eighty pound edge rushers that you could play as either a three four defensive end or an outside linebacker, or do you go with the best player? That's kind of the thing we got going on here. The Jaguars did this last year. Do you go with the Tracy Trayvon Walker or the best player in the draft, Aiden Hutchinson? Like when you see players with these kinds of traits that like Ty- Trayvon Walker, Tyree Tyree Wilson, and uh, and Miles Murphy have, you don't look at go, oh, that's the best player in the draft. No, you look at, oh, that player can become something. And the main reason for that is because of some little guy in Buffalo named Josh Allen. He's the first guy that you can really look at getting drafted in the top 10 where he didn't put up massive production, but you go, wow, that guy could become something. I think that's where it kind of all changed. There's other, obviously other examples of that in the NFL, but that's the one that always pops into my head, and it helps that, you know, he plays for my favorite team and my favorite quarterback and stuff like that. So it helps. So that was the pick that I struggled with, and then whoever you decide with that pick, whether it's Wilson, whether it's Murphy, right? it's, it's really between Wilson. For me, it's between Wilson and Carter for the Seahawks. And then you go to number four. Well, the Lions don't really need an edge rusher. They just drafted one last year in Nate Hutchinson. Do you go back into the well again? Because the Lions really could go a multitude of directions. Seahawks... They're kind of set on what they're doing right now. Geno Smith has been balling out this year. I think he leads the NFL in most touchdowns for over 15 yards or something like that. He's 14 of them, I believe. Like, Geno Smith is playing so much better than what anybody expected, and they're already talking about giving him a long-term extension. I just saw that a couple days ago. They're thinking about giving Geno Smith a long-term extension, which would be cool. I'm I'm 100% for that. Dude was an absolute baller at West Virginia, if you remember him at West Virginia. Not so much with the Jets. More famous for punching a teammate in the face. Or getting punched in the face. I don't remember which one it was, but a punch was thrown, and it wasn't a great look. <laughs> but you look at the Lions, where the Seahawks are defense. Defense, defense. They're going to get an edge rusher or a D lineman. The Lions' defense is horrific. They have the worst defense in the NFL by a long shot. By a long shot. They have the worst defense in the NFL in regards to total yards given up per game. They average the most points allowed per game as well. So they're going to be looking at someone on defense or, or, and this is the big one, a quarterback. And the quarterbacks you're looking at for the Lions here at the fourth overall pick are Stroud and Levis, really. I would love to see Anthony Richardson up in this high in the draft, or at least at fourth overall. I think he could really, well, I think there's a really high chance Anthony Richardson could be near the top of the draft by the time the NFL draft actually rolls around. I think that dude will absolutely floor the combine. I think he'll kill the combine. But there was recent reports that came out today, and I'd recommend following this account on Twitter if you if you aren't already. It's NFL Rookie Watch. That's a it's a pretty fun account. Uh, several NFL scouts believe Anthony Richardson is quote a two year project and will ultimately quote fall out of the first round. Gators QB announced he was entering the draft yesterday, and I don't remember when I took the screenshot. I don't remember when I took the screenshot. But Quincy Avery, uh, he went out on Twitter and said uh, and said this, and I kind of agree with it. If Josh Allen went first overall, you can't rationalize why Anthony Richardson wouldn't. And I agree with that. 
I agree with that. The only thing I would say to like, I don't even want to say counter it because I do agree with that. I've said, I've said this numerous times on the show that Anthony Richardson is this year's version of Josh Allen in regards to insane athletic ability, insane ceiling, just extremely raw, extremely raw. And Josh Allen was that same prospect coming out of Wyoming. But the thing was, between Richardson and Allen, Allen had like another year at Wyoming. Josh Allen was a starter at Wyoming for about two years. Anthony Richardson's first real action came this year. Yeah, he came in from bit parts last year with Emory Jones, whether Emory Jones was playing bad or got hurt. And you saw him play really well against USF, where he had over a century mark of yards passing and rushing. But you only had seen him really this year. But I do think Anthony Richardson should be a first-round draft pick. I think Anthony Richardson should definitely be a first-round draft pick. I can make a solid argument for Anthony Richardson being a top-10 draft pick. And I know what people are going to say. Look at his numbers. Look at his numbers. He completed less than 60% of his passes. He had multiple games where he completed about 40% of his passes this year. But watch the tape. I've watched every single game Anthony Richardson has played this year. Except for the Eastern Washington game. I had to go, I had to scour the internet to find stuff about Eastern Washington. Because remember, they played that game on Sunday because of the hurricane. They moved that game to Sunday. Completely forgot about the game. Andy Richardson played a half. And he looked really good in the half. His first two plays of the game were ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, Andy Richardson does so many things that make you just go, wow. There's not a lot of players in college football that can do that. In regards to just natural arm strength and running ability... Like, he's a better runner than Josh Allen was at this point. I'm not saying he's the same level of prospect as Josh Allen. But Anthony Richardson, that dude can fly. That dude can sling it. He's fun. He's fun. I I understand where people come from where they say he should stay another year at college. I understand that. But that dude's good. I do think that I do agree with the, the first part, though, that I do think he's a project. I do think that he probably needs a year or two to sit behind somebody, but I don't think he should fall out of the first round. Like, you look at this compared to, like, Malik Willis from Liberty last year, who got drafted third round by the Tennessee Titans. Uber talented, but Malik Willis was smaller than Anthony Richardson. Malik Willis played for Liberty, not Florida. So there's a couple differences there between Anthony Richardson and, and uh, Malik Willis. And I think uh, Anthony Richardson's arm is more, uh, how do I want to say this? Willis was more straight line, 100 miles an hour every single time. Richardson has touch on his throws. Though it's inconsistent, he does have touch on his throws. Willis throws everything on a line every single time. You can go watch back Liberty the past two years with Malik Willis starting there. Every single throw is on a line. And that's not a bad thing. That can get coached out of you. Or not coached out of you, but you can get trained to... Like, touch is not a hard thing to pick up. You just got to have some sort of uh, camaraderie with your receivers. And Malik Willis had that, but he just threw everything so freaking hard. But Richardson, I think, is a top 10 pick. I think he's a top 15 pick. But no, let's say top 20. I think he, sh- he can be a top 10 pick, no doubt in my mind. But I think he probably should be a top 20 pick at least. But... Back to the original point with the Lions. This is a struggle here. When you talk about whether you draft a quarterback of the future or you draft a defensive lineman. Or a, or a piece in the secondary. Who the hell knows? Maybe they draft Keely Ringo. Maybe they draft Joey Porter Jr. Maybe they draft one of these guys. Because Dan Campbell has assembled, assembled an insane coaching roster of ex-players. So maybe he wants to get Joey Porter's kid <laughs> as a play for the Lions. Which he could get with a 15th pick. 
as things stand right now. There's a real shot that he could get him at the 15th pick. There's a few really good corners that will get taken in the first round. Like, you've got Keely Ringo, we've already mentioned him. Porter, we've already mentioned him. Christian Gonzalez from Oregon is really, really good. You've got Cam Smith from South Carolina. You've got Devon Witherspoon from Illinois. You've got Clark Phillips III from Utah. Uh, Eli Ricks is still kicking around. You've got Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. Like, you've got, you've got talent at the cornerback position. So I wouldn't go cornerback with the, with the Lions' fourth overall pick unless they're elite, elite. Like, a lot of these guys right now, it's all of, like, going into this season, a lot of these guys were, can they put it all together? And now we're starting to see that, but still really raw. So I don't, I think Keely Ringo could get drafted in the top 10. I think, like, the Cardinals are as high right now at eight. I think that's the height of the uh, cornerback spot right now, as, as things stand right now. But uh, that's the hard part for the Lions because the defense is bad, but Jared Goff is not going to be your quarterback of the future. He's not. I like Jared Goff. I've defended Jared Goff numerous times on the show, dating back to when we were doing the show at William Penn. Like, Jared Goff, I do not think is a bad quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's got a very talented arm. It's not like the most insane arm you've ever seen. But he can place the ball wherever he needs to. And you're looking at a quarterback that's like that, you look at C.J. Stroud. And the Lions, they probably would draft either Stroud or... Um, depending on it, Carter, if depend, I guess it really depends if Carter's available or not. If Jalen Carter's available, they'll take Jalen Carter. If he's not, they'll take a quarterback. Even though, again, Jared Goff's playing really well right now. But you could get a young quarterback in there to sit behind Jared Goff. Jared Goff's a very steady quarterback. He's got two years, I believe, left on his contract. The contract comes up in 2024. They got a good rushing attack, solid rushing attack. They got good options at wide receiver. Jamison Williams is starting to come back from his ACL injury, which he got in the national championship game against Georgia. You've got a very solid and underrated offensive line. Defense just utter shit. So you would look at it as they're going to draft a defensive player with one of their spots. They're probably the 15th pick guaranteed. But this first pick, do you draft your quarterback? I believe Brad Holmes is the GM of the New- of the Detroit Lions. Does he want to get his quarterback? I know he was a part of the scouting department when the Rams drafted Jared Goff, and C.J. Stroud's a very similar-ish quarterback to that of Jared Goff. And that's not a that's not a discredit at all, because remember, Jared Goff was the number one overall pick in the draft. And no one really had a problem with him going number one overall. Like the dude could the dude could sling it. Again, not an insanely in, insanely, insanely great arm, but it's a good arm. Good arm. Same thing goes with Stroud. Stroud doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. When you compare Stroud to the likes of Bryce Young and uh, and Will Levis, there's a lot of things that those two can do that Stroud can't. But I think Stroud is the most precise passer out of that. I saw a quote today. I was reading an article today about about Bryce Young or uh, CJ Stroud. They called him a point guard, and I think that's a great way to describe Bryce Young. Jeez, I keep doing CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud, very accurate, very precise with his throws. Just not the greatest mover. There was, a, again, against the game Northwest, against Northwestern, he had a very good day running the ball because they couldn't throw the ball because of all the wind and rain that was going on. Ridiculous stuff. But that's my struggle point right there. Do I put Tyree Wilson? Because if, if C.J. Stroud goes to the Lions at four, that changes everything else. That changes everything else in the draft. And I don't think you understand how much it changes everything. I don't think you do. So let's say hypothetically, you've got Wilson going to the Seahawks at three. Then you got Carter going to the Lions at four. You've got Miles Murphy going to the Eagles at five. Will Levis goes to the Panthers at six because apparently David Tepper really likes Will Levis and wants to draft him. And I, I can understand why. I can understand why. 
I know Will Levis has not played the best football of his career the past two seasons at Kentucky. He showed flashes last year. He was supposed to build on that this year and didn't, really. There was a couple moments here and there, but for the most part, he didn't really live up to the expectations everybody had for him. But he will be a top 10 pick. I, I, I hope people understand that. And it's like we said before, it's the fault of one person. His name's Josh Allen. Very similar-ish style player. Both big dudes, both got strong arms, both are very athletic. Both have hurdled people. Like, Will Levis last year was hurdling people. I think he hurdled like four or five players last year. Just last year alone. He didn't do it as much this year because his O-line was so bad, but dude's had it in him. Has it in him. The only thing downside to Will Levis is that he drinks mayonnaise with, puts mayonnaise in his coffee. That's very bad. It's a very bad look. I wouldn't draft that. No, I'm kidding. I would draft Will Levis. I like Will Levis a lot. But... Yeah, he didn't put it put forth that this year. And then the Jaguars, Quentin Johnston from uh, from TCU, the receiver. And then the Cardinals, again, we talked about Keely Ringo. It's probably him or Peter Skaronsky. We'll have to tackle from Northwestern. He's very similar-ish style to Rayshon Slater, the tackle that was taken from Northwestern, the guy Skaronsky replaced at Northwestern. And when I say they're similar, it's not really, like, I don't know. They're very, they're the same build. Like, there, there's going to be conversation on whether this dude should move into guard or not. But you look at Rashawn Slater, apart from injuring, getting injured this year, Rashawn Slater's been one of the best tackles since he's come into the league. And I think Skronsky does something very similar. He came in as a freshman at Northwestern and started playing right away. Dude's a baller. So if you want to protect Kyler, or do you want to improve your defense? Because both are needed improving. Both are needed improving. And then the Colts at nine. So let's say hypothetically. So the rest of the top ten stays relatively the same. It's the... Seahawks, Lions, Colts picks that really throw things off. And then the Packers at 11. I forgot about the Colts earlier, but the Packers at 11. Colts draft Stroud. Colts draft Richardson. Colts draft lineman or corner or something else. Like what? That's where things get a little... That's why it's been a little bit of a pain in the ass to get all this done. And then you got the Packers at 11. They're not going to draft a receiver. At least that's what it seems like. They haven't drafted a receiver in the first round since Javon Walker. Back in, I think, 2 so it's been a while since they drafted a wide receiver in the first round. They have a decent core of young receivers. They're just really inexperienced. You've seen what Christian Watson's been able to do the past three or four weeks. He's got eight touchdowns in those four games. Three or four games. I don't remember how many it is. Romeo Dobbs, baller. Absolute baller, Romeo Dobbs. And then Alan Lazard's very solid wide receiver. Like You've got options there at wide receiver. It's not like they're, they're struggling for options at wide receiver. You've got good receivers. They're just extremely young, extremely raw. They'll need time to grow. And I think this year was a good learning curve for them. So I don't know if wide receiver is the option there, but you're looking at like an offensive lineman like Skaronsky because their O-line can't stay healthy to save their lives. You're looking at a tight end maybe, Michael Meyer from Notre Dame, replace Robert Tunyon. You're looking at an edge rusher to replace a uh, Preston Smith who's getting older. I think he's on a one-year contract. Looking at someone to replace some people on the defensive line. Like, you've got a lot of options there for the Green Bay Packers. And then, like, you got the Raiders who can pick a lineman or a corner or something. Um, Steelers, lineman or corner. Chargers, receiver, lineman. I, I don't know. There's just a lot of different options here. And I just thought it'd be best to wait one more week. Not like it's going to hurt anybody. I don't think there's a lot of people pandering for a for a Logan Blackman show mock draft or the draft expert mock draft. So we're going we're gonna to delay it a week. Wait till the bowl games are here. So we're going to do pre-bowl game stuff. And I'm hoping that uh, this week of the NFL, they kind of like sort themselves out and make it a lot easier to do. 
Because believe me, I want to put Tyree Wilson on the Seahawks. But I can't in good conscience sit there and go, huh, I think Tyree Wilson should be drafted before Jalen Carter at this point in time. Because I think Jalen Carter's a top two player in the draft. I think it's between him and Will Anderson. Both SEC guys, Will Anderson, the edge rusher, Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman. Who has a skill set to where he could develop into a, a pass rusher from the interior D-line. I think that's a possibility for him. But it's just, it's tough. Because my mind's like, put Tyree Wilson in, in Seattle. But then uh, again, I don't want to draft him over Jalen Carter. That made me feel weird. And then I don't want to put Tyree Wilson. I don't think Tyree Wilson will fall too far out of the top five. And every time I did a mock draft, he would wind up at 10 or 11 with the Falcons or Packers. So it was always throwing me off. It's like, I don't want him to go that late because I don't think he will go that late. I think, like, the top five, I would wish the Lions were worse than the Seahawks because, or the Rams were worse than the Broncos, I guess, because this would make it a little bit easier for me. I am guess I'm cheering for the Raiders tonight. But you're, I want Jalen Carter to go to the Lions and Tyree Wilson go to the Seahawks. I just need it to be flipped around. It needs to be flipped around. That's all I'm asking. Because then it'd be so much simpler. So let's just say, hypothetically, that happens. Everything sorts itself out. So we're looking at Young, Anderson, Carter, Wilson. Then we got Murphy going to the Eagles. Levis to the Panthers. Johnston to the Jaguars. Probably Skaronsky to the Cardinals. We got Stroud to the Colts at 9. You got Brian Bressy going to these Falcons at 10. And then what else do we got here for the Packers? You look at Paris Johnson, the offensive lineman from Ohio State. We're looking at him there. Maybe you're putting Keely Ringo to the Cardinals at eight. Maybe that's what you're doing. Skaronsky can go to the Packers. I guess his grandpa played for the Green Bay Packers. And I love these family stories that you get in the NFL. Like you got all these family dudes that are like, oh, we got to go play for our team, our grandpa, our friend, or whatever played for. It's beautiful. Very heart-wrenching stuff here. Or heart-pounded stuff. You look at Orlando Brown getting drafted by the same team his dad played for in the Ravens. Stuff. Brian Burns getting drafted by the Panthers when he was a kid. He walked around the Panthers practice facility all the time. Stuff like that. It's fun stuff. Justin Herbert getting drafted by the team he cheered for when he was growing up. Chargers. Fun stuff. Brady Quinn getting drafted by the Browns when he was a, a Browns fan growing up. Like, the NFL loves it. NFL absolutely loves it. So, maybe I would put Skronsky with the Packers. I think got the Raiders take, like, Ringo, Gonzalez. You could take Johnson. Whoever. Like, it gets sorted out somewhat after that. I just need to have a definitive... And I know you're saying. I know you're saying. Logan, why don't you just switch the picks around? It's not like anybody would notice or anybody would care. I would notice. And I would care. So I'm not going to do that. So we're going to wait a week. Okay? We're going to wait a week. So there's no blog post this week. I'm sorry about that. I'm truly sorry about that. But sticking on the topic of the NFL draft, because I think the draft is a very exciting... Exciting, 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 exciting time. I love the NFL draft. If you listen to the show long enough, you uh, you know why I love the NFL draft. I've followed the NFL draft exclusively since my freshman year of college. So like, it's just like I always watched the draft growing up, but I always I started making mock drafts and doing coverage, quote unquote, coverage of the NFL draft in my freshman year of college. And I saw this on ESPN today. Uh, I saw it on Twitter first, and I clicked on it. It was an ESPN link. 30 2023 NFL draft big questions top prospects QB class and risers okay I believe there's 30 questions here we're gonna try 30 NFL draft question with Kuiper McShay Miller and Reed let the quarterback debate begin at one 
I don't really think there's a debate right now. I think Levis, like we talked about before, I think there's a real shot Levis gets drafted number one overall. As much as people will hate that, I think there's a very good chance Will Levis gets drafted first overall. I think his size, I think his arm talent, I think his leadership ability, I think it's all everything you're looking for in an NFL quarterback apart from putting mayonnaise in coffee. Like, we've we've done this in the past, comparing Stroud, Young, and, uh, and Levis. Like, like, Stroud and Young both possess things that Levis can do. Levis can do everything those two can do, and they can't do everything he can do. Like, Bryce Young is the best ad-libber or one of the best ad-libbers in college football. He's one of the best off-platform throwers in the country, if not the best off or off-platform thrower in the country. But he's small. He's sick listed at six foot one hundred ninety four pounds. Do I believe that? I'm not hundred percent sure. Levis is six three, six four, two hundred thirty, two hundred forty pounds. He's got a stronger arm. He's a little less of an athlete. He looks a little less athletic because he's bigger. Like when you like you see Kyler Murray running around at five nine, five ten, whatever he is, and his legs just move so fast because he's shorter. He's smaller, so his legs move a lot faster. It looks like he's moving a lot faster. That someone is a little bit bigger. Like you look at Kyler Murray versus Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's a strider. Kyler Murray is short, short burst, short burst. And Lamar Jackson torn PCI. Tough. I know we talked about that on Wednesday, but tough. I don't want Lamar Jackson to be hurt. Love Lamar Jackson. And Stroud, I think if we're just talking about potential, Stroud might be number three on that list. Not just off play this year, Stroud's number two. But off of if you want to scout them in regards to looking forward, what they can become, Stroud's probably three and pushing four, if we're being 100% honest. And that's weird to say because he's the only one of the top four quarterbacks in this draft to me that's in the Heisman candidacy. Like, And that, that's going to be weird for people to digest, but I think he might be three or four. If we're looking at the grand scheme of things, I think by the time we get to the draft, I think it could read something similar to Young, Levis, Richardson, Stroud. I think that's something that could happen. I'm not saying it will. I'm not saying that's how I'm viewing it. I'm saying get ready for that potential reality. Okay? I'm just saying. Get ready for it. But here's the first question. How many quarterbacks have round one grades? I have four. I have four. And that is Young, Stroud, Levis, Richardson. Not in any particular order right now. But those are the four. Those are the four. Todd McShay has three. And that's fair. That's fair. But I think Richardson is on like, I think Richardson should be a first rounder. I said that before, but we're going to say it again. I think he's a, I think he's a first round draft pick. Next question. And is Young the favorite to go number one overall? Yes. At this point, yes, he is. Yes, he is. His ability to move the move around the pocket, his maneuverability, the way he avoids tacklers, avoids blitzers, the way he can throw the ball off platform, the way he single-handedly carried... And this doesn't get said a lot about Alabama quarterbacks. He single-handedly carried Alabama's offense. He single-handedly carried Alabama this year. We've said this before. I think they're a seven and eight win team without Bryce Young this year. The one game he didn't play, they almost lost to a really bad Texas A&M team at home. So they need Stroud. Or need Bryce Young. I don't know why I keep doing that. Uh, what does Stroud do best? Stroud is very precise. Stroud, Stroud, again, is a point guard. Stroud is very smart. He's not the biggest dude. He doesn't have the strongest arm. But he's very smart in where he places the football. Great place for the football. It's very nice. What are you hearing about? 
What are you hearing about how the NFL sees all this? Well, I'm not hearing anything. I just think that you're viewing him like Josh Allen. I think that's how they're viewing him. I think Josh Allen is someone that looks people look at and go, oh, that's Will Levis. And some like we've talked about before with this show, with the NFL draft in particular. You look at what the NFL is, what is working in the NFL right now? Toolsy quarterbacks. Like the quarterbacks they have listed on here are Mahomes, Allen, and Justin Herbert. Big dudes, strong arms, can move. Herbert's the least athletic out of the three, but he's not like a terrible athlete or anything. Toolsy quarterbacks are running the NFL right now. We said the same thing when Tyreek Hill first broke off. Tyreek Hill got a whole realm of speedy receivers drafted a lot higher than what they should have been. Devin Hester is the reason Ted Ginn got drafted in the first round. Like, these are things that have happened. Like, the NFL is a copycat league. One thing works for one person, it's going to have to work for me. We're very quick to go, oh, that could work. I'm not saying Levis will become Josh Allen, Mahomes, or Herbert, but he's got the tools to get there. He's a big dude, strong arm can move. Very athletic for being 6'3", 6'4", 230, 240 pounds. Though it didn't show on tape this year in regards to him not playing the greatest. But again, zero off the line in a run-heavy offense. That was very, I don't know, it's like watching Iowa. Like we joked about with like Zach Wilson getting a scholarship taken because Peters took it. Well, would Zach Wilson have been the same quarterback at Iowa that he was at BYU? I have no idea. But Levis is really good. His offense and O-line is just not tooled towards him. You look at some of the best quarterbacks in college football. Like people, the big debate is between Hendon Hooker and Will Levis on who's better. Hooker's offense is made for Hendon Hooker. Will Levis' offense is not made for Will Levis. There's the difference there. That's why you see Hooker explode for numbers, and you see Levis' numbers kind of dip off. And speaking of Hooker, okay, and where is the recently injured Hendon Hooker of all this? Well, the Tennessee QB stock drop? Well, yeah, inevitably, towards ACL. His stock's going to drop regardless. I don't think he's a first-round quarterback anymore. And I think we might see him late second. I think it's probably where we're seeing right now. I still have him number five. Like I don't think he's going to drop anytime soon. Dude's a six-foot-four, got a really nice arm, very smart, very athletic, can work very fast. He's a fast-paced guy. I like all of it. He's a Tennessee record holder. He should be in the Heisman ceremony. I'm not saying he was going to win it. He should be showing up to the ceremony in crutches, but I think he deserved it. So I don't. I think his stock will inevitably drop. Dude's going to be out a whole year. So I don't think he's going to be sitting around going like, oh yeah, guaranteed first-round draft pick. He was barely a first-round draft pick to a lot of people out there, and then now he's torn the ACL. I think that's guaranteed no first-round draft pick for him at this point. That could obviously change. Maybe his recovery goes a lot better than what what a lot of other people's are. Like Jamison Williams drafted first round. He's just ne- he played his first game on Sunday. Like, it takes a while for the ACL to tear, or ECL to recover. Thankfully for Hendon Hooker, he doesn't need to play right away. He's an NFL-ready quarterback. He's going to be 25 years old when the draft rolls around. Which I saw, I don't remember if I took a screenshot of this or not. Uh, I don't think I did, but... Yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. But I think his stock will inevitably drop. Who is the wild card in this quarterback class? I mean, it's Anthony Richardson, obviously. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows it's Anthony Richardson. Like, the dude could go in the top 10 or get drafted in the second round. I don't think there's any other quarterback in this draft that is like that. Anthony Richardson is the most polarizing prospect in this draft because you look at his talent and go, wow, that's something. But then do you want to draft a quarterback in the first round and have him sit for two years like the Packers are doing with Jordan Love? That's how the old way it was. That's how it used to be. 
quarterbacks would sit for two, three years before playing. But now we're in a society now where you need to play right away. You need to perform right away. And that's all because of Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert broke every single rookie passing record when he came in. And now people are expecting instant gratification, especially from that draft class. Like, how many people have written off Jordan Love to this point? Like, Jordan Love has barely played, and he's looked really good. He looked good against the Eagles a couple weeks ago, but he's barely played. So we can't judge him like he's a starter in the NFL right now. It's stupid. Who are the other signal callers to know? Uh, I would have said, like, Michael Penix, but that dude is uh, going back to, to Washington. Uh, Jaron Hall, I think he's a very fun quarterback from BYU. Very twitchy quarterback. Very twitchy arm, I guess I should say. Tanner McKee, we've talked about him before because Tanner McKee, we don't know if he's going to transfer, if he's going to come out. He's another example of kind of like Levis to a certain extent, except for the fact that his offense was just so old, so archaic. Like, the reads were so long. Like you'd see, like, he's got a running back crossing his face. He's going up, like, three yards and then dropping back, and the O-line was not good. So but by the time he's there, he's already getting hit. He's not the most mobile, but he's a big dude's got strong, very similar-ish to Justin Herbert. If we want to compare a quarterback to Justin Herbert, it's probably Tanner McKee. But like Levis, his offense didn't give him the opportunity to show what he can truly do. But you see what he could, like there were moments where you go, wow, that's an insane throw right there. That's absolutely an insane throw. Uh, what other quarterback? Jaden Daniels, we already know about him. Um, Cameron Ward, I think same thing. Like we... I'm going through a list right now. I'm on draft. I'm on a mockdraftdatabase.com. I'm just looking at a bunch of different quarterbacks right now. Tyson Bangit, ba- Bagant from Sacramento State. Very interesting one. Or Shepard, not Sacramento State. That's That logo looks like Sacramento State. From Shepard, interesting quarterback. I read a little piece about him today. Um, Who else is like Max Duggan? It'd be an interesting one. Be a very interesting quarterback to watch during the draft. Uh, Malik Cunningham. I think it's a very interesting one to watch out for as well. Very mobile. Uh, I think he can get drafted like the 6th, 7th round. Malik, Malik Cunningham. I think he could definitely get drafted then. Grace McCall. We haven't talked about him a lot, but he could get drafted somewhere around there. I don't know. This is a good quarterback class. And it's not necessarily one that you need to get a guy right away. So I think those are your main guys. Oh, did we mention Bo Nix? I mean, we didn't really need to mention him. I didn't really need to mention Hall or McKee. We've already talked about those guys enough. But Bo Nix, awesome season at at Oregon. Very good arm. I, I, Yeah. And Jake Hayner. We haven't talked about him a lot. We talked about him last year from Fresno State. He's not the biggest dude in the world, but that dude's got a very nice arm. Very, very nice arm. Which team teams likely picking in the top 10 could go with the quarterback? I mean, we've already talked about it. We've already talked about this. we got the Texans. we got the Lions, Panthers, and Colts. There's not really a lot to go off of that. That Those are it. That's Those are your teams that are picking quarterbacks in the top 10, if they are. Because the Lions are a question mark. I think the Panthers and Colts are, and the Texans are. But everybody else, I think it's a little bit of a question mark. So we got four. Four teams possible. Three extremely likely. But four again possible. I don't know if the other teams are. Maybe like the Falcons. They're starting Desmond Ritter this week, so we'll see what they got in Desmond Ritter. So we'll see. Sounds like we'll see a lot of QBs. Is this the deepest position in the class? It's close. It's close. We've already talked about it being deep. But the receiver class, it's not as, like, star-studded, but receiver classes will always be deep. Like, you, there's got a lot of decent receivers in this draft. Like, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, Jack Smith and Jigba, Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, Rishi Rice, uh, Zay Flowers from Boston College, Cedric Tillman, another Tennessee guy, Marvin Mims, Xavier Hutchinson, 
Like we've got a lot of really good wide receivers. Charlie Jones, former Iowa guy. Like we've got we've got some good options here in this drive. Trey Palmer, thousand yard receiver for Nebraska this year. Edge rusher again, another thing that's always going to be deep. You got Will Anderson, Miles Murphy, Tyree Wilson, uh, Jared Verse, Isaiah Foskey, Nolan Smith, B.J. Ojolari, Felix Anaduke, Ozuma, Ozuama, jeez, Uzoma, jeez. Andre Carter from Army is a very interesting one as well. Derek Hall, Zach, Zach Harrison. Yeah, we got a very good, talented edge rusher class once again. I mean, did I say Derek Hall? I did say Derek Hall. There's, again, it's just a very deep class. Tackle's not that deep compared to years past. Like, I think we'll have three tackles taken in the first round. There's question marks over, like, some of the other ones, like Anton Harrison from Oklahoma, Jalen Duncan, uh, Blake Freeland from BYU, Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. Like, there's options. Cooper Beebe from Kansas State, Nick Broker. Uh, there's options there, but edge rusher is uh, edge rusher receiver will always be deep. Even though receiver's not as deep as it has been, there's not a lot of star-studded people in this class. But it's deep. Running back's pretty deep, actually. Like, running back was kind of deep last year. Like, this is a this is a pretty deep running class again. I think we might have... We're going to have one to two running backs right after the first round. That's B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Blake Cormel, obviously, you mentioned up there. Tank Bigsby, Zach Evans, uh, Devin... I've always struggled with his name. Ashenay. Uh, Sean Tucker, Chase Brown, Zach Charbonnet, Kenny McIntosh, Eric Gray, Deuce Vaughn, Chris Rodriguez, who just announced he's going, he's leaving the bowl game against Iowa. Him and Levis are sitting out of the bowl game. Travis Dye, Muhammad Ibrahim, uh, me and Williams, like there, Dwayne McBride. Like there's a lot of really solid Isaiah Davis. He's a kid. Kendall Milton. There's a lot of really solid running backs in this year's class. Really solid running backs. There's always going to be deep running backs. Corners are pretty deep as well. You're going to have a decent amount of first rounders. Again, we talked about this earlier. With Ringo Porter, Smith, Gonzalez, Clark Phillips, Witherspoon, Ricks, Forbes, Garrett Williams, I forgot about him, Travius Hodges, Tomlinson, Kai Blue Kelly, uh, Chris Abrams Drain. Like, you've got some really solid core. Riley Moss returned to the white corner. Like, there's this is a deep class. Safety's kind of deep as well. You got Brian Branch, Antonio Johnson, Brandon Joseph, Jordan Battle, Dale Skinner, Chris Smith, Malachi, Malachi Moore, Tyke Smith, Akeem Dent. Like, we've got some really solid players in this draft. But quarterback and edge rusher are probably the top two. Because those are edge rusher will always be top edge rusher and receiver will always be top of the class. And quarterback this year is really deep. Quarterback last year was not. But edge rusher, receiver, probably the other two that you're looking at. Corner is up there as well. As Anderson, the clear best non-quarterback in this class. I wouldn't say clear. I wouldn't say clear. Him and Carter are definitely one and two, but I wouldn't say clear. Both offer different things. One's an edge rusher, one's an interior D lineman. Of the teams projected to pick high, where's Carter's best fit? Uh, well, I've kind of already mentioned them. I don't have him going anywhere else. Seahawks are reliant. <laughs> the Seahawks play a 3-4 defense. He could fit Wells at the outside, that D end on the 3-4 defense. Lions play a 4-3, but he could work well in there as a 3-tech with a bigger guy on the inside. I think he'd work well in those teams. I think he'd work really well in those teams. We've already talked. That's the only two teams we talk, I'm going to talk about with, with Jalen Carter. Any other, are there other defensive linemen that could go top half of round one? No. Oh, uh, what am I talking about? Brian, Brian Bressy. Yeah, thank you. I have a, this is the first time I actually read through the article. Okay, Brian Bressy. Yes. I don't know if you consider like Tyree Wilson a defensive lineman or not, but Brian Bressy, I think, uh, uh, Siakai Ika, what we mentioned up there, uh, Tuli Tuiapolo, ah, jeez, Tui Pelotu. Hopefully I've said his name right. He'll definitely be mentioned up there as well. I think those two are the outsiders looking in. Javon Dexter from Florida might be mentioned up there as well. But Bressy's the other one. Tyree, 
Tyree Wilson and Miles Murphy, I guess you could kind of classify as defensive linemen, but uh, regards to re, re, regards to um, natural interior defensive linemen, I'm Bressy's the other one. I kind of forgot about Bressy. <laughs> oh, this one's to Jordan, but we're, we're, Logan, were you all over Wilson in the preseason? Who's your comp for him? Uh, Tyree Wilson, just a freak athlete, absolute freak athlete. He's going to be like this year's Trayvon Walker. I don't have an exact comp for him. I hate when doing like comps for other positions. I'll do comps for quarterbacks, but quarterbacks easy. Quarterbacks easy to do comps for. At least in my opinion, they say uh, Preston Smith on here, but yeah, Tyree Wilson just a big dude, massive dude, very athletic. He'll be the Trayvon Walker of this class. I'm pretty confident in. Who are your sleeper pass rushers to keep an eye on? I don't know what you want to classify as a sleeper pass rusher. Um, Nick Hampton from Appalachian State. There's one for you. There's one of your sleeper picks. Allie Gay from LSU. He's, he can be classified as a defensive lineman, I guess you could say. Uh, what other? I don't even know what you want to classify as sleepers. I don't know. This is this is hard because there's a lot of good players. Like is like is Andre Carter a sleeper? Is Andre Carter from Army a sleeper? I don't know if you technically classify him as a sleeper or not. I don't know. I, I sleeper is a weird, a weird one. Uh, is it fair to say wide receiver class is disappointing? And Miller starts off the way I would say it. I wouldn't say disappointing. It's not disappointing. It's just not as star studded as the years past. Like there, you're not gonna have a TCU guy at the top like. Quentin Johnson and Jordan Addison are ballers. Absolute ballers. Jackson Smith and Jigba is a baller. He's just been hurt all year. Jalen Hyatt's a baller. Josh Downs, baller. Rashi Rice, baller. Zay Flowers, baller. Cedric Tillman, baller. Xavier Hutchinson, baller. Apart from when he jumps for balls he shouldn't jump against Texas. A.T. Perry from Wake Forest, baller. Charlie Jones, baller. Like, there's a lot of really good wide receivers in this class. It's just not, like, insanely star-studded. It's not dis- I wouldn't say disappointing. I wouldn't say disappointing. Who is the best receiver of this bunch? Uh, Johnston. Quentin Johnston. In regards to size, ball ability, and speed. Like, his ability to high point a ball and outjump everybody. The dude's freaking monstrous. Dude's a monster. Jordan Addison's very good as well. Jordan Addison's a whole hell of a lot smaller than Quentin Johnston, but there's a lot of players that look small next to Quentin Johnston. There's a lot of players that look small next to Quentin Johnston. But I'd say Quentin Johnston's the best receiver right now. Which why was the Bats' chance to overtake Addison? Well, if they're considering Addison to be the number one guy, uh, Johnston. Johnston. <laughs> but if we're talking about number two, it's Smith and Jigba. I mean, those are the top three. But Smith and Jigba's weird. I don't know where he's going to fall in the draft because he's been hurt. I think, like, Jalen Hyatt could be mentioned up there as well. I think Jalen Hyatt could definitely be mentioned up there in one of the top receivers in this class. Jalen Hyatt has uh, get-up-and-go speed, as some of the cool people out there say. Get-up-and-go speed. Which team needs a wideout? Needs a jeez. Uh, Which team most needs a round one wideout? Um, let us see. Oh come on, work for me, ESP, not ESPN. Work for me, Draft Network. I'm trying to scroll along, scroll along to see which teams are picking wide receivers. Okay, so we got the Jaguars. We got the Texans are going to take one probably. Chargers could take one. Patriots could take one. Ravens will take one. Vikings and Chiefs could take one. The Bills could take one. Uh, probably the Ravens. Probably the Ravens. Yeah, they have like a 50-year-old Deshaun Jackson playing for them. Uh, Rashad Bateman's out for the year. He's injured. They could also take a running back because J.K. Dobbins just can't stay healthy. I've seen a lot of people mocking uh, uh, B. John Robinson to Baltimore. But probably the Ravens. Probably the Ravens at that point. 
Who we had no first round running backs twenty twenty two. Will we get? Yeah, we're gonna have at least one. We got, we're gonna have Bijan Robinson taken in the first round. Jameer Gibbs is a question mark, but Bijan Robinson will definitely get taken in the first round. Uh, the Falcons will be in as probably his height right now. They're picking at ten, but I really doubt they'll take him at ten. At this point, anyways, I could be wrong in saying that, but I doubt they'll take him at ten. Because the way like. You look at the last running back that was taken 10th overall, like specifically 10th. I think it was Todd Gurley. And that dude just retired. He played like five years in the NFL. Because he had the knees of an 80-year-old. But see, the Falcons are probably his, his peak. But you're looking at, I don't know, the Ravens again are one of the Eagles are going to be one of them. Uh, the Bucks, I could see them. But I, I like Rashad White. I liked Rashad White in the draft last year. I like him this year. He's starting to take carries away. From uh, Leonard Fournette, which is nice, because I never really thought Leonard Fournette was that good. Uh, who else? The Giants, depending on what they do with Saquon Barkley, if he resigns or not. Cowboys, maybe. The Bills, Eagles, I, I don't know. It, there's a few teams that could take running backs, but Bijan Robinson's guaranteed, at this point, is guaranteed. And I think Jameer Gibbs could definitely be up there as well. Is there an elite defensive back in this class? I mean, they say it right at this time. There's no, like, Gardner or Stingley. Like we said before... I don't know if there'll be a top 10 corner taken in this draft. Like, we're not going to have a Gardner or a Stingley or a, or a, a Jeff Okuda or, I don't know. There's not going to be that top, top guy. There, I think there's some very good corners in this class. I think you got, again, we've mentioned them. It's a very deep class of corners and defensive backs. So, I think, what did, what was the question again? Is there an elite defensive back in this class? Uh, Elite? I don't know. They're good. They're good. Over, under, three and a half outs of tackles taken of round one. Uh, I think I'm going to go with under right now. I'm going to go with under. Um, remember Olu Fashunu? Fashanu, sorry. He said he's going back to Penn State. I think that was your four. I'd said earlier there's some question marks around like like the, like the Anton Harrison, Jalen Duncan, uh, Dewan Jones, Blake Freeland, Matthew Bergeron. Like there's options there, but I think we're looking at the three of Skronsky, Johnson, Jones. I think those are your three. There might be one that sneaks in like sometime around sometime around the draft. But as of right now, as we sit here on December 8th, there's three. There's three of them. Who do you expect to stand out of the combine? Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, Tyree, Mur Tyree Wilson, and Miles Murphy. Those are the three. Because Miles Murphy and Tyree Wilson are this year's Trayvon Walkers. Remember we talked about that earlier. Said about four or five times a show. And then Anthony Richardson. I think Anthony Richardson can push himself into the top 10 with a good combine showing. Which prospect would you challenge the combine 40-yard dash record? Oh, who? Which prospect could challenge the combine's 40-yard dash record? Uh, Jalen Hyatt, I think I'd mention him, could be up there. Because that dude's got wheels for days. Rashi Rice, I think could be mentioned up there. I don't know if any running backs. I don't know if any running backs will be mentioned in there. Because Blake Corum is smaller, but he's not, like, insanely blazing. Jameer Gibbs is fast, but he's bigger. He's kind of like Alvin Kamara. Uh, Zay Flowers could definitely be up there in regards to speed demons. I don't know. There's there's always going to be some really fast players that come, and there's always really fast players. But I think those are your top guys at this point. They listed Darius Davis from TCU. Fastest prospect I've ever seen live this season, according to Tom McShay. 23.5 miles an hour is what he ran. Uh, Devin Ashnay from Texas A&M have some superior speed. I don't think Gibbs will get it. He he mentions Gibbs on there, but I don't think he'll be up there. He's too big. Uh, 
you get to call dibs on a prospect in this class. Who is your guy? Uh, I think I've kind of staked my claim to Anthony Richardson, haven't I? I think Anthony Richardson. If I had to do someone outside of the quarterback position, though, I had to stake my, like, life on this guy. Um, I don't know. I really like Tyree Wilson. I like Tyree Wilson a lot. Um, anybody else really that I could mention? Tory Taylor. <laughs> but no, I've kind of stabled myself to Anthony Richardson. Um, who's your favorite prospect that might not might not be picked day one? Anthony Richardson. Ooh, Darnell Washington's a good one. I kind of forgot about Darnell Washington. The dude's like six foot seven, three hundred pounds. Plays tight end at Georgia. Absolute monster. Absolute monster. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, I don't know if he'll get drafted in the first round, but he's up there for me. Zay Flowers from Boston College is another one that might not get picked first round. Is there any other, like, big name? Let's go deep. Let's go, like, deeper. Scroll down. I scrolled down a random amount, so we're going to find somebody that we could say <laughs> that I like that uh, might not get picked in the first round. I scrolled. I maybe scrolled a little too far. Yeah, I scrolled a little too far. Let's <laughs> take <Staking> the <laughs> Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. I think Jack Campbell could be one of those guys. Drew Anders, Drew Sanders from Arkansas could definitely be mentioned up there as well. I think Drew Sanders will get drafted in the first round, but there's a chance he might not. So we're going to just Drew Sanders. Uh, Jack Campbell just won the Butt Kiss Award for Nation's Best Linebacker. I was first winner of that, so congratulations to Jack Campbell. Good job. Good job, him. Uh, who's your favorite prospect to pro comp right now? I mean, the fun ones, obviously, <laughs> Levis to Josh Allen. That's the fun one. Matt Miller did Levis to Matt Stafford. Both have great arm talent, standout traits, and feel the terms mobility. Matt Stafford is not the same athlete as Will Levis. I'm sorry. I ain't never seen Matt Stafford. I'm not saying Matthew Stafford's a bum in regards to running the ball, but, um, yeah, Levis can jump over people. I've never seen Stafford do that. Stafford was a big, big dude at Georgia, but I I don't think that dude's jumping over people. I think Levis to Allen. I mean, I've literally seen them both jump over people. I've seen them both jump over people. Kuyper Skronsky to Slater. Yeah, that one's a pretty simple one. They both went to North Northwestern. One replaced the other one. Bijan Robinson to Saquon. Yeah, that's a big one. I, I've seen that one right, a lot. And then Jalen Carter to Quentin Williams. I could see that one. Is that it? Or how many more questions do we have? Uh, the Texans are the favorite to land number one pick, and they'll likely pick a QB there. What do they need with their second first-round pick, a receiver or an edge rusher? I think a receiver or edge rusher. We'll keep that one simple, receiver or edge rusher. Lions projected the second pick and have their own day one pick selection down the line. How do you improve the league's worst defense? Get a corner. Get another corner. You need some, you need some help in the secondary. Got to get a corner or an edge rusher. Just something to improve your D, or an edge rusher, a tier D line, but that's not going to be available at that point. So take a corner. I don't care which one. Take a corner. Which other teams could be intriguing in round one? Uh, the Falcons could be kind of intriguing because we don't know what they're going to do in regards to the quarterback position. Maybe they draft a running back. They could do a lot of different things there. Oh, my God. My stupid app's not working again. Okay. Um, the Commanders, I guess, could be mentioned up there because, again, quarterback. But uh, I'm trying to – why is this not – why is this randomly stop working? Why is this not working for me? This is getting annoying. Hold on. We will get it working again. <laughs> uh, okay, those are probably my Falcons one. Raiders, I think, would be interesting because they're talking about releasing Derek Carr. There's a lot of links with Derek Carr and the Colts. So we'll see if that one actually works out. 
So maybe they're another team you look out for in the draft. Probably Colts and Falcons. Giants, maybe they draft a quarterback as well. Maybe Daniel Jones, they don't think Daniel Jones is their guy moving forward. And then here's the first one. Which teams without a first-round pick is going to miss it the most? Uh, the Rams. Rams are Bron- oh, The Broncos have a first-round pick now, so the Rams. Yeah, the Rams stink. Rams absolutely reek. Good Lord, that team stinks. I'd, for a Super Bowl hangover, this has to be the most brutal Super Bowl hangover of all time. That team freaking reeks. Obviously, the Rams. They got, like, no se- When's their first pick? Hold on. Oh, it's not going to let me do the entire thing. Oh, come on. Restart, restart, restart. I got to do the entire draft. When is the Rams' first pick? Okay, they have the 34th pick. Okay, so they do have a second-round pick. So that's fine. They're, they're fine then. Okay, but they'll need a first-round pick. I could, I don't know if they'll trade into the first round. They got a 34th pick and a 67th pick. Man, yeah, they're going to miss a first-round pick. They're going to miss, especially since where they're picking. I don't think them in their right minds thought they were ever going to pick in the top four after winning a Super Bowl, especially after winning a Super Bowl with all the players they've signed. Stafford, Donald, Robinson, Cup, uh, Ramsey. Like, I know they drafted Cup, but, man, that old line is brutal. And Stafford's on IR, Cup's on IR, Donald's on IR, I believe. Like, they're, they're, they stink. They're tanking without a purpose at this point. They're tanking for the Lions to get the top pick in the draft at this point. But that's all the, the the questions they have. I hope I answered them to your to the best of my ability. Uh, we've got some stuff going on in the NFL and college football. Uh, I saw this the other day. Uh, <laughs> Sports Illustrated, which bowl game are you looking forward to the most? Bowl games, watchability, rankings. Iowa and Kentucky is number one. We got the backup quarterbacks for both the uh, third string for Iowa, backup for Kentucky, and Kentucky's backup running back because Chris Rodriguez and Will Levis are both not playing. Petrus is hurt, and um, Padilla is transferring. Cade McNamara sadly cannot play. So I'm shocked that uh, that's number one. Very shocked that's number one. Why do I keep dropping this thing? I'm floored that's number one. I love that it's number one, but I'm floored that it's number one. Like, look at all the other bowl games on here. Michigan TCU, Georgia, Ohio State, USC, uh, Tulane, Utah, Penn State, Tennessee, Clemson, Texas, Washington, Notre Dame, South Carolina, and Iowa and Kentucky, the battle of the backup quarterbacks. Oh, my God, that bowl game's not watchable. I'm sorry. It's not watchable. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to love it the entire time. But it ain't watchable. It ain't watchable. And we talked about this, the Heisman rankings before, about the Heisman stuff. Uh, Heisman odds, according to BetMGM, Stroud's the fourth, has the fourth best odds. And am I missing something? Like, I'm pretty sure Stroud was, like, the top or number two guy, like, the entire year. And now he's the fourth favorite to win the Heisman? Williams is obviously the favorite. And no one needed to guess that one. Everybody knew he was going to play. He's the favorite. He's probably going to win it. And Duggan and Bennett, and then Stroud at four. That is shocking. I didn't even think there was a reality where Stroud would come behind second. And now we're talking about him finishing fourth. I don't get it. But uh, I don't. I don't do odds, so... I'm not an odds maker. I don't I don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't do that kind of stuff. And then with some NFL stuff, again, we talked about the Raiders versus the Rams. We've got some NFL action this weekend as well. We have got um we've got the Bills and Jets. We've got Dolphins Chargers. We got Browns, Bengals, Texans, Cowboys, we got Vikings, Lions, Jaguars, Titans, Eagles, Giants, Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos, Bucks, Niners, Panthers, Seahawks, and Patriots, Cardinals. So welcome to this Logan Blackman show. I don't remember what episode this is. Edition of 
Bowl game, name game. NFL bowl game, name game. All right, Raiders and Rams. Battle for LA, part whatever, because the Raiders are still the most popular team in LA. They beat the Chargers last week, and they're going to come in and probably beat the Rams tonight, hopefully beat the Rams tonight. Our Raiders are six and a half point favorites. Uh, Jets, Bills, uh, battle for the real New York team. Who's the real New York team? The team that plays New York. The Jets do not play in New York. They play in New Jersey. Dolphins, Jets, Dolphins, Chargers, Sunday Night Football. Awesome game. It's the battle of the number five or six overall picks. Tua versus Herbert. Browns, Bengals, battle for Ohio. Obviously, named itself. Texans, Cowboys. One's the favorite team of Texans. One is named after the state of Texas. And it's not. The team that's the favorite, it's not the one that's named after the state. Cowboys are clearly the favorite team in Texas. They are a 17.5-point favorite over the Texans, who are 1-10-1 this season. Cowboys are 9-3. I expect Tony Pollard to go off in this game, which would be awesome. And, yeah, uh, this is the battle for Texas. Vikings versus Lions, the confusion bowl, because the Lions are two-point favorites over the 10-2 Vikings. This one's just straight confusion. I don't understand that one. Jaguars-Titans. The ugliest Thursday night football uniform combination of all time. Remember the NFL first introduced the color rush thing? That was the speed. That was the poster. Jaguars Titans. Go look up Thursday night football, color rush, Jaguars Titans. That uniform combination between those two teams, brutal. And we got Eagles Giants miracle at the Meadowlands. It's at the Meadowlands. Or not at the Meadowlands because Meadowlands doesn't exist anymore. But can the Eagles get their third miracle at, you know, East Rutherford, I guess. Because it's not, it's not in the Meadowlands Stadium anymore. But uh, Ravens, Steelers, The normally this should be an awesome Sunday night game, but we're watching a bad Steelers team play Tyler Huntley bowl game. Chiefs-Broncos, please just end Nathan Hackett's suffering. Just end him now. Just end his suffering. Beat them by 30 points, end his suffering, and then we can all move on with our lives. We got the Bucks niners The Purdy Bowl brought Purdy starting off in this game. His first NFL starts against Tom Brady. Which is uh, not a daunting task at all. Panthers and Seahawks. The, neither one of us ended up wanting Baker Mayfield Bowl. Because remember, Baker was linked heavily with the Seahawks this offseason. Neither one of us wanted this guy. Now neither of us have him. And then Cardinals-Patriots. I don't even know what to call this one. Um, the can be very solid yet very hard to watch offense bowl. I think that's the game we're going to call this one, Patriots-Cardinals. And hopefully, you got like the offensive minds of Matt Patricia and Cliff Kingsbury coming together. You're going to have some elite NFL action there. But those are your bowl game name game. That's your NFL bowl game name game this week for the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you enjoyed that because I certainly enjoyed it. There was something I wanted to touch on with the NFL, but I don't remember what it was. Where is it at? I'm scrolling through my camera roll right now trying to find it. Oh, the best backup quarterback of all time. And it's an interesting discussion. I think there is three that popped in, and you can't, we're not including likes of Kurt Warner, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Steve Young. We're not including any of these guys. They have to be career backups, career backups, or a backup for a longer period of time than what their career actually lasted for. Those ones, Hall of Famers, do not count. Mahomes does not count because technically he was a backup to start his first career in the NFL. Start his first year in the NFL. He was a backup. Don't count. So no guys who started their careers as backups ended up being Hall of Famers. That does not count. We're not doing that because if that was the case, the longest term sub uh, backup quarterback out of those ones was Steve Young, and he's a Hall of Famer. He'd be the greatest one of all time because he won a Super Bowl. 
But in that fact, uh, it's probably Nick Foles. Maybe Nick Foles. Because Nick Foles, I saw this in a comment. Hold on. Oh, no. I lost it. There we go. Uh, I saw this in a comment on the tw- on the post for this. Nick Foles had an insane Linsanity run, but not a great backup. And I do kind of agree with that. Nick Foles is a very good situational quarterback. And we're talking about just best backup. Like, who do you trust the most? Because after watching the Bears with Matt Nagy and Nick Foles, I don't know if I trust Nick Foles to be a full-time backup. Or, like, if my starter got hurt, would I trust Nick Foles to come in? No. Uh, so Ryan Fitzpatrick would probably be that. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is, like, the backup that you could trust. He could play any system. He could put up great numbers with pretty much any team, but you'd never want him to be their starting quarterback. I I was a victim to that. He signed his big contract to the Bills, sucked the next year. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not, it's not a slight on Ryan Fitzpatrick at all. Greatest backup of all time, in my opinion. I think, like, Frank Reich, also going to be up there. He went to, like, the Panthers when they first came into the thing after he left the Bills trying to be a starter. Didn't really work out for him. Then you've got... I don't know what other backups, like Chase Daniel's a career backup, but we haven't really seen him. In regards to making money, Chase Daniel will definitely be up there. Matt Castle? Would he be mentioned up there? Scott Mitchell? There was a who was Dan, there was a guy who was the backup to Bob Greasy and Dan Marino in Miami. What was his name? Let's go 19, 1983 Miami Dolphins. Because that was the year Dan Marino got drafted. I want to see if he's on here because he would be mentioned up here. Don Strock. Don Strock played for the Dolphins from 73 to 87. 73 to 87. The dude's a career. And he went on with the Browns and Colts after that. So he got drafted in 73, retired in 89. Dude played, what, 16 years in the NFL. 16 years. And then we're looking at 45 touchdowns, 42 picks. Like he didn't do anything in the NFL except be a mentor to Bob Greasy. Or not mentor to Bob Greasy, but be there with Bob Greasy and then go with Dan Marino. Do have the most perfect South Florida tan of all time. So Don Strock, he's definitely going to be mentioned up there. I think Don Strock might be the second greatest backup quarterback of all time behind Fitzpatrick. Because Don Strock is the dude. Like look, up, look up pictures of Don Strock if you've never done this before. Look up Don Strzok. That dude had the was the tannest dude of all time. He doesn't look too tan in this picture, in his, his recent picture. But when that dude played, that dude had a sick, sick South Florida tan. That dude was a baller. Don Strzok, the Chase Daniel before Chase Daniel. Even wore number 10. I know Chase Daniel doesn't wear number 10 now, but he was number 10 at, Florida, at uh, Missouri. But yeah, Don Strzok is definitely up there. Is there any other backups I'm completely forgetting about? Uh, I think who was the who were the Rams quarterbacks? Um, Norman Brocklin, and there was one other guy, another Hall of Famer. What was his name? Why am I blanking so hard? But that doesn't count either because they're both rotated. But yeah, Don Strzok, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Nick Foles. I mean, Nick Foles came in and won a Super Bowl, so that's kind of hard. Um, Jeff Hostetler, have to be mentioned on there as well. Won a Super Bowl as a backup. To a quarterback who already won a Super Bowl, and Phil Sims. Uh, anybody else I'm completely forgetting about? Probably, not. probably. I almost said probably not. Probably. Yeah, Matt Castle has to be mentioned up there. Matt Castle's a backup in college and in the NFL. Like that's pretty damn impressive. And got a starting job with the Chiefs. Like Matt Castle has to be mentioned up there a little bit as well. 
Is that all I've got for the NFL stuff? I want to talk about some World Cup stuff because we got finally got World Cup action. We were without a couple days without World Cup, and it felt really weird. I did not like it. So please, World Cup return. And we got World Cup action today, or Friday. We haven't had, an, had any games since Tuesday. Croatia, Brazil, Netherlands, Argentina on Saturday. We've got Morocco, Portugal, and then the game of the tournament so far, England and France. Apparently England have an anti-Mbappe game plan. Don't know how the hell that's going to work out, but we'll see how that one does. But those are some awesome games. Argentina, Netherlands, France, England, those are two insane games. Absolutely insane games. I cannot wait for those games. So make sure you tune into those ones. And since there's not really a lot to talk about with the World Cup, with since we already we've already talked about these games enough, I found a quiz on Sporkle, which I would recommend you guys do this every once in a while because Sporkle quizzes are pretty fun. FIFA World Cup teams. Every team to ever participate in the World Cup. Yeah. It's going to be fun. There's an 11-minute timer, 85 teams. We've got them from 2022 all the way down to 1930. And this is not like, oh, every single tournament. You have to name every team in a tournament. No. It's just have they appeared in a tournament. Okay? So we got 11 minutes. We'll start in 3, 2, 1, Go. Uh, Catter, they made the World Cup. We're going to go in order of groups, or try to. So Senegal, Netherlands, then we had, who else was in that group? Ecuador, Ecuador, uh, yeah. <laughs> group B, England, United States, they participated in 1930. Uh, Iran, Wales, then Group C was Argentina, Poland, Mexico, uh, who else was in that group? Who else was in the group? Saudi Arabia. Arabia. And then Group D? Who was Group D? I don't remember Group D, but it was maybe Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and um, Croatia. We had Spain, Germany. Who else was in Spain and Germany's group? Uh, Japan. And uh, who was who finished last in that group? I forgot France's group. Who was in Germany and Spain's group? Oh no. Oh no, because Japan beat. Oh my God, Costa Rica. Good Lord. Uh, France. Then we had Denmark. Who was in their group? Uh, Tunisia. And Australia. Then we had a group featuring Brazil, Switzerland. Uh, who else was in that group? Cameroon. Were they in that group? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, because they beat they beat Brazil. Uh, there was one more that I'm completely forgetting about. Serbia. Were they in that group? I don't remember. But Portugal. You're you. Uruguay, uh, South Korea, and Ghana. Okay, there's 32. We got this year's 32 teams out of the way. We got all 32. And we got that in just under two minutes, or just over two minutes. Okay, so now we've got to start having some fun. CONCACAF, that's Panama. UEFA made their appearance in 2018. That's Iceland, I believe. Iceland. UEFA 2014. Who made their first appearance in 2014 in a World Cup? Going back to all the teams in the, the 2014 World Cup. Oh, uh, my God. I'm not remembering. I'm not remembering at all. I'm complete, I'm I'm lost. Sweden, Finland, they've made it. They have not. <laughs> Scotland, I know they've made it. Uh, Ireland, uh, Northern, did Northern Ireland make it? 
Northern Ireland made it. Uh, go through all my Rolodex of countries. Slovenia. Slovenia. Slovakia. Czech Republic. Okay. 2014. Who is that team that made their debut in 2014? And we did. They didn't make this World Cup. Oh, Italy. No, that's not Italy, but <laughs> Italy didn't make miss the last two World Cups. Oh crap. Um, we got 42 teams out of 85. Oh, oh uh, Ivory Coast. I don't know if it's going to call it Cote d'Ivoire. Okay, they did. Okay, they did put Cote d'Ivoire, but they expect, accepted Ivory Coast. Uh, did Zambia ever make it? No. Uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Okay, so they made it in 2006. What other African teams have made it in 20... South Africa. They made their first debut in 1998. I did not know that. I thought they made it first in 2010. We're at 45 out of 85. So you got 40 teams left. And I'm just trying to think, like, okay, Ukraine, they've made a World Cup. Poland, we've already gotten Poland. Bosnia, they were 2014. They were... They were 24. Are they going to put... And Herzegovina? Herzegovina. Am I spelling Bosnia wrong? How do you spell Bosnia? What? Oh, what? Oh, I was spelling it like that. They're being tickets. God damn it. Okay. Um, Herzegovina. Okay, there we go. <laughs> They're being, being tickets about it. Okay. African teams. Think of Africa. Nigeria. I don't know how I forgot Nigeria. Um, crap. Uh, Sudan. Have they ever made it? Um, Congo, are they gonna make me do all this? Like, okay, Bolivia, they've made one. I know that one. Uh, Colombia, spelled it wrong. Helps to spell it right. Colombia, Venezuela, Venezuela. How do you spell Venezuela? <laughs> how am I spelling so bad? How can I not spell these countries? Venezuela. Zuela. Venezuela. Has Venezuela never made a World Cup? Ever? Really? Uh-huh. That's that's odd. I did not know that one at all. That is that is news to me. That is absolute that is news to me. Uh Chile, they've made a World Cup. Think of South Africa. See South American countries. Um uh, Bolivia, we already mentioned them. <laughs> Curacao came to my mind. That's not true. They didn't make one. Uh, Honduras. Any other, like, Jamaica? Have they made a World Cup? They have made a World Cup. Wow. I did not know that. Any other South American countries? There's two that I'm there, There's two that I'm thinking of that made it in 1930 that I should definitely know. Venezuela not making a World Cup is really weird to me. I, I I did not know they've never made a World Cup before. Belize? I don't even know where that is. Um, Peru. Peru is one. 
then I need one more Paraguay. I need to spell it right. There we go. We got all our South American teams, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got all of our South American teams. UEFA, just think of countries in Europe. Uh, Germany, we'd already talked about them. Portugal, we've already talked about them. Iceland, we've talked about them. Wales, we got all the British countries. Uh, Denmark, we already talked about them. Finland, Norway, they've had to make a World Cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need more African. Uh, oh, crap. Why am I blanking so hard on Africa? Like, Liberia's never made it because George Weah never. Well, we'll test it out. Just because George Weah never played one does not mean that Liberia didn't make one in general. Um, DRC, would that count? Democratic Republic of the Congo. I was I was wondering if they were going to make me be ultra-specific on how they spelled things. Oh, crap. Um, Egypt, 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 Egypt. Okay, okay, we got Egypt. Do I have all my CONCACAF teams? What other CONCACAF countries are there? Has the Greenland's never made a World Cup. <laughs> I don't even know where you'd classify that. I think they're technically under the Kingdom of Denmark. But I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Uh, New Zealand's made one. New Zealand's definitely made one. I know that one. Somalia? Have I already answered that one? No. Okay. UEFA. Why am I blanking on European countries? Uh, Lithuania? No. Um, oh my god. I'm really struggling right now. Why am I blanking so hard on these African teams? 2006. There were two teams from Africa that made the World Cup for the first time in their history. Um, China? Have they ever made a World Cup? They have. Um, North Korea has. I know they've made one. Or at least one. They were in there in 2010. I didn't know if they made one before that. Nepal? I, <laughs> I highly doubted that one. Um, there's some East Middle Eastern countries that I'm blanking on as well. Iraq? Did they make a World Cup? They have. Um, I've already got Saudi Arabia. I've already got Qatar. Kazakhstan? <laughs> For for Borat, I've, there's a bunch of African teams I'm completely blanking about. Why am I blanking so hard? Chad's never made one. I don't even know why I even typed that. Out. Oh, Algeria. What the hell? Algeria. I think I'm more Northern African countries. The UEFA teams are pissing me off. How am I not getting UEFA or CONCACAF? What other CONCACAF teams do the United States play? Where else do they go? Why am I blanking? Is Peru, did I already guess Peru? I did guess Peru. UEFA. Why am I struggling so much with UEFA countries? Already got Italy, Greece. And then uh, I want to get more than 70. Or at least 69. I'm at 63 right now. Greece. Turkey. They've made a World Cup. What the hell is that spelling? Um, crap. Crap, 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 crap. I've got a minute left. i got 64. I need six more teams to get to 70. Five to get to the funny number. Um... Oh, uh, 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 Dominican, Dominican Republic. They haven't made one. Okay, of course they haven't. Oh crap! Puerto Rico. I doubt it. Wow, twenty-five seconds left. Ah, uh, crap! I'm be really pissed off when I see these African teams because this one's really bothering me. Oh, no. Um, 
How am I just blanking on countries? I just can't, I can't think of any country. Eight seconds. I'm not going to even get to 65. Four. I can't. Russia. Didn't think of Russia. Togo. Yeah, okay, I'm not mad at that one. I would never guess Togo. Angola. No. Serbia. Yeah. I should. Oh, Serbia and Montenegro. That's, okay, that's some bullshit. I already got Serbia. Russia. Yeah. UAE. Yeah. Kuwait. Zaire. I guess Zambia. Haiti. East Germany and West Germany. Yeah, whatever. USSR, Bulgaria, Israel, El Salvador. Yeah, I should got El Salvador. Dutch East Indies. Really? Cuba, Hungary. I should have got Hungary. Czechoslovakia, Austria, Austria. Yeah. Romania, Yugoslavia. Okay, there's some I'm upset about, some I'm not. I got 75% right. 64 to 85. Not bad. There's only a few on here that I'm upset, like Russia. Should have got Russia. Should have got um, Austria. Should have gotten Hungary. Hungary had a great team about in that time. Uh, El Salvador. Should have gotten El Salvador. So there's about four. The German teams, I I don't know. I guess I just completely blanked about West and East Germany. Because I, I know they existed. I know they existed. But for whatever reason, I just they just didn't come into my mind. They didn't, they didn't work for me. They did not work for me. But all in all, just make sure you watch uh, the World Cup this weekend. Because it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. You don't have a lot of football to watch on Saturday. So just make sure you tune into some World Cup action. And I saw this yesterday from Taylor Twelman, from a quote from Ernie Stewart. Uh, As we always do after a major tournament, we are taking the time to reflect. We will conduct a full review with everyone involved as we determine our next steps. We look forward to building off the performance of Qatar, preparing for the journey towards 2026. Negotiations have not started between U.S. Soccer and Berhalter. So that's, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We talked about that all the time. We talked about the start of the show Wednesday, and it's fine. No, no need to start them yet. No need to start negotiations yet. I don't think Berhalter should be the manager, but I don't want to sit here and act like he wasn't good for the team. But in the long term and development of these players, he was a good starter. He's not. He's not a uh, a long term answer. And apparently, he's looking at offers over in Europe. So we'll see how that goes through. But yeah, that's all I think I've got for you today. On this Friday edition of Logan Blackman Show, I do hope you enjoyed the show. If you did not enjoy the show, I greatly apologize. We'll try to be better next time. Hopefully you watch football this week and soccer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we got Bill's Jets this week. Revenge. We got Mike White going to Buffalo. Last time Mike White played the Bills, he got shelled. Uh, the Bills are 10-point favorites in this game. James Cook played really well last week against the Patriots. We'll see if that one continues this week. And, yeah, that's all I've got for you today. We're going to make predictions for the World Cup, I guess. Might as well. Uh, I'm going to go Brazil over Croatia, Argentina over Netherlands, Portugal over Morocco, and France over England. Pretty bog-standard stuff right there. I don't really think I've got much for you else other than that. So I will see you all later. Hope you enjoyed the show. Enjoy your weekend, and peace.